1: I believe that we are enjoying this great council the bible says that where there is no council the people perish but in the multitude of counselors there is safety thank you very much mommy for this in-depth wisdom <laughs> wisdom from the deep wells hallelujah amen so uh, our, our dear sister is going to read out the questions and uh, please i want you to pay rapt attention because the question somebody might be asking might be solving or giving an answer to your question. So please, I want you to you know, pay particular attention. Thank you very much.
2: I'll read it so that it's um, answered together. Um says that just a minute. Um, there was one okay. I think I'll I'm trying to find the questions, I just popping up so many of them, so I'll just um, So the trust issue says, what do I do? My wife cheated on me. What do I do? My wife cheated on me. That's the next one.
3: What I would say is you have to examine your life that what broke the trust. When you know what broke the trust then you will know which area to rebuild. But it takes analysis. Somebody said his wife cheated on him. On, on her. On him. Sorry, his wife cheated on him. Yes. The first lady, the first person, I don't know whether it's a lady, said that how does he or she build trust because their issues are based on trust. Yes. Surely something happened yes. that broke the trust. Yes. Was it an affair? Was it that you discovered betrayal? Was it that he was talking behind your back if you know what broke the trust then I would say believe God to receive grace to rebuild the trust but it will also take communication with the other party to say that my trust has been broken like the, the man said because you cheated on me so from henceforth I will need you and your actions to reassure me if I'm coming to the room and immediately you as a wife you hide your phone with the background of what has happened and you hiding your phone is not going to work right. if you've broken your wife's trust and every time she's coming by your computer you are turning it off and you are that trust is not going to be restored if your life is closed and she knows nothing the bible says that if we walk in the light, our fellowship is with him and with one another. But it takes two to walk in the light, not one person. So if you don't walk in the light, how is this dark thing of mistrust going to go out? And spouses must speak to each other. If something disastrous has happened in your marriage and your wife wants to know, so how long has this been going on for? <laughs> and then you lie to cover another lie she probably knows certain things I am not saying that you should give all the painful details but she should know that you are being truthful at least to her and that you are giving her all the salient points that matter based on that then trust can be rebuilt like the gentleman whose wife has cheated on you she cannot continue to have clandestine life when she's going somewhere you don't know Some women are married, but they hang out with their friends all the time. They are going here, they are moving here, they are going to this party, they are going... And sometimes all these things lead to... You tell your husband you are going for a conference, but you have actually gone on a trek with some other man. I had to deal with a case like that. And when they were going to the went in the brand new car the husband has bought. You see, these are not Nigerian movies, real life stories. And then based on that he decides to go and do a DNA test and then finds out that the first one was not his child. You see, and they married because the girl got pregnant. And he was a Christian. They were both in the church. And he hurriedly married her, saying that they'll tell the pastors that they should marry now and then later the, the baby will come out. But now after some years, they've had, is it two or three children? And when he saw his wife's movements... And now he has gone to do the DNA. The first child that for which reason he married is not his child. You see. But if you had come clean, come to your pastor like David and say, look, this has happened. My wife is pregnant. It's not that she's in the choir and I'm, I'm an Asha. We are keeping a secret. Now you don't trust her. The man was weeping like a baby in my office, like a baby. You know, because of all these things that have happened. So there's mistrust. And the wife didn't show any repentance. She was rather shouting. He also took all the evidence he could get to his father-in-law. The whole thing became messy. But I think that anything can be forgiven if we go back and rebuild the walls that were broken. I believe, and with the help of God and some pastoral help, I believe we can come to the right place. Amen.
4: Uh, I think I would also like to add that um, trust is very fragile and um, we should all endeavor to keep the trust. You know, I've been married for 26 years or so. I'm still keeping the trust. It's still a major, you know, thing I do daily, you know, because when you tamper with the trust, it's it's different it's like a car when you open the engine as soon as the first day the mechanics touched the engine and opened it even though they will cover it back and all that the car will never be the same again you see so you must understand married man married woman trust is is very um is a very dangerous thing to tamper with and so you must do all that you can to keep the trust rebuilding the trust, like uh, Manti Mami has said, it takes time. It takes, it takes I mean, we can only believe what we see from a certain point onwards. So if you say the relationship is over, okay, you've said it. So now let us see the fruits of what you are saying. You see, so when the person can now ascertain that, oh, of a truth, nowadays you've changed and so on, then the trust can begin to come. I usually would tell people that when you were marrying you have trust. Which means that it's it's possible to have trust in each other again. And so never have the mind that I can never trust a person. And I think when you keep saying it, you are prophesying to the, the marriage and declaring that trust will never be found again. But trust can be rebuilt. Even if it is um, a limping trust, <laughs> it's better than no trust at all. At least trust with crutches it's better than no trust uh-huh. so try and at least resurrect your trust to a certain point i i think the last thing i'll say is that i think another thing that brings about these trust issues may be friends you know because usually it's the friends and the people you listen to that will lead you into what you did and like the bible says that there was a guy he was in love with his sister and he couldn't see how he could do any wrong to the sister and then the scripture says very betrayed in somewhere. He says that, but Amnon had a friend. You see, the story goes there, he said, but Amnon had a friend. His name was Jonadab. And Jonadab was a streetwise guy. And he told him that he began to give him words, he must say, to accomplish the evil he wanted to do. So usually, if you found yourself in this type of thing, usually you would have a friend. And you may have to sanitize your friendship system and your company you know so that you have you listen to the right people and so and maybe talk to your pastor too if you want to rebuild your trust. Um, it's good that when you marry your counselors especially if they are your pastors, they remain in sight. And you know the Bible says that don't remove your teachers from sight and I'm sure as you meet certain troubles in, in your marriage when you come back they can talk to them. Sometimes people don't there was a time my wife would talk to somebody I also talk to the person but I won't be talking to her. So, when she has the issue, she talks to the person. I also talk to the person. Then the person give me the response. And I also give him a response. Will go and, you know, you need to have somebody you can actually, both of you can talk to at a point. Because it will definitely come. So, you need to have somebody, maybe a good friend, a good Christian friend, a pastor, a counselor. And you can all talk to the person. Go there, shout. You go home. Your wife will go. So go there, shout. And then later, the counselor will now sort the things out for you. You know, and then you can rebuild um, the trust. And remember, a limping trust is better than no trust. You know, so.
3: And I think that it's not a magic wand. When trust has been broken so much that you just say, "Oh, okay, from now just," you have to earn it. The Bible says, "Bear fruits that befit repentance." That's what John the Baptist told them. So repentance has certain fruits. So let's see those fruits and it will help your other spouse. Of course, your spouse too should be gracious like God, but you should rebuild by bearing fruits of change that can encourage the other party. Okay, so maybe I'll plead with you, give your wife another chance and see.
4: <laughs> yeah, and, and not to deliver the point, but I think that lastly, think about God. Because we also have broken God's trust. And we keep breaking his trust every day. Every new year you make so many promises to God. you break it. But God never gets fed up with us. Don't say that, oh, you are not God. I believe that God's (laughs) example for us is also good for to also learn from. Know that as you are not trying to trust a person again, are you saying God also shouldn't trust you? You know, so remember that as you sow it, you can also reap it. And the Bible talks of the story of the king who forgave his servant and the servant didn't forgive his his friend and he came back. So think about the fact that you need God's trust also after you did what you did. So to earn it from God, consider your fellow human being and retrust the person.
2: Amen. Good evening, Lady Reverend. God bless you for coming out to speak to us. I wanted to ask if your beloved doesn't use your picture your pictures as her DP or status? Does she really love you, especially when you have only three months to marry? Thank you.
3: Um, I wouldn't say it's a hard and fast rule, but I would say it's unusual because most of the time, your beloved will be so in love with you that he will put it. But I wouldn't say that it's a hard and fast rule that it means that this, but if you see this sign, Look for other signs that may buttress the point and then you can take a decision. A broken relationship is better than a broken marriage. It may be a sign that he or she is not confident about you. It may be a sign that he's shy of you and somebody who is shy of you then I wouldn't like to marry you. but it may also be a sign that he's a totally private person. You know, but you will have other things to buttress the fact. Usually, it will not just be one indicator. You will have other things. So, may God lead you by His Holy Spirit for you to know. But a sign is a sign is a sign and must be looked into.
2: Hello, please. I'm a 24 year old guy in a few months old relationship trying to know ourselves. Communication goes on well. But my problem is that she doesn't even try to know more about me. Even my birthday, what should I do? Tell
3: her categorically what you expect. But again, it's clear that a woman will not remember your birthday.
2: Uh She's not even asking what is your birthday.
3: Maybe it's temperament. Maybe she's super flake. You don't remember anything. But you must also ask yourself whether you can live with it. Anything that you see, multiply by a thousand you see it's in marriage to the thousandth degree. So ask yourself whether it's something you can live with or it's something that's going to pain you throughout your life and make an informed decision. We as pastors and counselors, we'll never make a decision for you. So the one day you say, because of us, you didn't marry. No. We will advise you, but the ball is in your court. But open your eyes well and pray. Pray that the Holy Spirit will lead you. He will. And talk to her. About your concerns and see whether, I mean, ask her what her problem is in remembering. Is it that she feels you are not important or what? Ask her directly and maybe that will lead to more openness and more help, I would say.
4: Yeah, sometimes too, um, maybe the person from her background is not into birthdays or celebration <laughs> of things, where her house she came from, they don't do such things. So also consider that fact, that's why we say your temperament, one of the components is your background. So if you discover that her background limits her in how she behaves and reacts, then you should take yourself that you are a kind of a teacher who God has brought into her life to make her know certain things. So on her birthday, you, you show her, you are just four months or so in the relationship. So I mean, give yourself like a year. Is
0: it three months you know. to marriage?
4: It's a 4 months in a relationship So, celebrate her birthday and watch how she reacts to yours. Maybe she may be learning. She could learn from you and learn other things in addition.
2: Is it good to entertain the opposite sex closely when you are married? What if the other partner doesn't like that, but you don't see anything wrong with it?
3: Timeless problem. Timeless problem. Ask yourself, if your spouse was to entertain the opposite sex like that, would you like it? If you feel you are entitled, if your spouse, your wife, or your husband is to do that, will you be free? You like it with what you do with the the other person. You know? And also, the Bible says that we should make straight paths for our feet. So, we shouldn't have too much confidence in the flesh. The Bible says that Flee from appearances of evil. So some things appear evil. Even unbelievers will see it as evil. So why would you do that? And if you the partner, you say, you don't see anything wrong with it, and and it's ruining your spouse, give a little room for her consents, do you see? And I don't know, discussing doesn't help it. But usually, it leads to problems, usually. But sometimes, you know, as a pastor and a counselor, you need more facts to make a decision on sex. But I think that my mother used to say that if you're a husband and wife, you shouldn't also go and take an opposite sex person as your main person. It would jeopardize the marriage. She, she advised somebody, and the person was very angry because she was friends with the man. And she said, it's my husband's friend, whatever. But in the end, it was an affair. In the end, it was an affair and a very bad one. So, usually the flags are real. But talk to your husband or your wife and find... And also, if the person is your friend, does the other person relate nicely to your other spouse? Or is she an outsider? All these things sometimes fight the marriage. So, and also, as I said, don't let's think about what makes only us happy. It's yeah. a bit, you yeah. know, but if it's necessary, yeah. then you need to work wisely and put yes. some parameters to protect your marriage. Mm. That's all I can see. It's I a think, wide topic.
4: Yeah, I think also that if you are even fortunate to know what makes your spouse unhappy, mm. you know, in a, when you enter into marriage, you've entered into a new level of life where you are no longer living to yourself, you know. And so what may make you happy? Once it does not bring joy in the marriage and always brings um, an argument or a fight, then you have to decide Just to forego it. That, that's it. It's, so that's why when you are marrying, you have to take vows. It means it's a very serious thing. You know, so you can't marry and then you're, excuse you excuse oh, me, but he's my friend. I can't do without him. You, you can't, that means you are not ready to marry. You're a married woman, you yes. are
3: out, you are sitting yes. in the evening. He says, My friend. Yes. Hey.
4: Like maybe hey. Your, your way to be happy is to go out with friends. As soon as you marry, your way to be happy cannot remain that same. And a same particular way. male or a particular female. Yes. And one thing of all God's happy. creation, this particular. Female. And <laughs> uh, you know, an affair or a relationship between a man and a woman can more be equated to a chemical reaction. And uh, you, you, in it's your so mind, yes,
3: it's so in natural. your mind,
4: you say hey, That is not my mind, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> After a while, it, y- it will <laughs> happen. It's chemistry, <laughs> and it doesn't need the consent of even your mind. So at a point, you have to run away.
3: Or even the day that you've got out with your wife. That's when the person will call you. Oh, it's, oh, look at even how she's talking to me. This one at home, she doesn't even appreciate you. You are comparing foolish things. But you are foolish, excuse me to say. <laughs> but you see, the devil, and he, it's not his power that the Bible says we should be afraid of his wiles. He uses cunning procedures, tricks. So we have to be careful.
2: BM. You are in a relationship not married yet you love the inner qualities of your beloved but you are not physically attracted to her. Should this be a nevertheless and then you just go on and marry her?
4: I I would advise if I can advise that person, if physically she doesn't attract you, it doesn't matter what the contents are, eventually you will not stay in the relationship because a man your, what attracts you is the sight, what you see. So if the packaging is not working for you, you know, I don't think that you should continue with the relationship. You are wiser of looking for someone else. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't And then
3: know. you'll be hiding her when they say, oh, my sister, my cousin. You are not proud of her, no. So yes, the packaging, uh, the contents are important, but you should also be proud of a person. In Songs of Solomon, so, my beloved is the chiefest amongst all. Yeah. Then Solomon will say, Your neck is like whatever, whatever. Maybe, and then the people around will be saying, Hey, where's your beloved? You are dark. But I'm dark, but calmly. So, what your beloved sees is not what other people see. Do you see? But this is what you like and it's attractive to you. Choose it. But if you choose packaging above content too, you also have a problem. Because the ugliness inside will by means come
4: out. So Auntie, Mami, I think here the scripture that says an unbalanced scale. Yeah. It's an abomination. A so balance. look for packaging and um Bum- content. So what do you like? Strike a balance, you know. You you can see a car, you like it very much, but it's 7.0 liters engine. <laughs> if you want to buy it with your civil servant money, you see that you cannot fool the car. Do you understand? So you have to look for which balance. car can still be nice to me. And it's 1.5 or maybe even 1.2 <laughs> liter engine. But most brothers, you right. marry the
3: pack, packaging. Uh, the packaging. Yeah. You marry 44, 62, and 82. That's all. When you go into the marriage, you will not even notice the 42. So content is in- okay. So okay.
2: Good evening, mommy. This is my question: How can I deal with the fear of marriage and anxiety in my relationship? It's making me emotionally unstable, and I fear that it might destroy my relationship or even make my beloved pull back from me.
3: Well, fear is not a mood, it's a spirit. The Bible tells us God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. So you need to cast out that demon. Christians cannot be demon-possessed, but Christians can be demonized or demon-influenced. Now, I will not have time to go into all that. So I will recommend Derek Prince, demons and how to deal with them or demon possession. If you go on YouTube, Facebook, his foundation graciously posts all his messages. It will show you the demon of fear and the hold it has on you. He, Derek Prince himself, a great Bible teacher, had the spirit of depression every time after preaching. And God showed him it was a spirit, not a mood. And he got delivered from that. So fear is a spirit. It will ruin your relationship. It will ruin everything about you. So you need to be delivered in the name of Jesus. And the the opposite of fear is faith. The opposite of fear is trusting God. We walk by faith, not by sight. So you have to overcome that demon, not only for your relationships, but for the rest of every area of your life. So be delivered. And then also when you go into the word, the word of God sets you free. So when you read Mark one twenty-three, the demons, when Jesus was just preaching, they shouted, what have we to do with you, Jesus of Nazareth? Why have you come to torment us before our time? Le- I mean, leave us alone, huh? they said. What did Jesus do? He was just preaching the word. So those of you who think that deliverance is only when you are in some other meeting, the word of God sets you free yeah. and renews your mind. We come back to Joshua 1, 8, meditate on the word day and night. Meditate on anti-fear verses. Yeah. You will be set free in Jesus' name. Amen.
4: And perhaps you also want to change the people you are listening to, you know, because as you listen to them, the I says that um, faith comes by hearing, you see. So in the same way, fear, which is a spirit, comes by hearing. Ezekiel um, 33, the Bible says that as they walked and as they walked together and spoke, you know, the spirit entered into him. So, the, the people you are listening to, maybe you have to change the people you listen to. Start listening sources to of fear. a new person, reading some new books, audio books, or new things about marriage, and change your whole perspective about marriage. So, you really need to change um, where, who you have been listening to. It's adding to the it fear spirit. by
3: hearing. Yeah. So, also listening to the right messages will drive away the spirit of fear
2: what do you do after one year in marriage what do you do after one year in marriage before you get to know that your husband has two children you didn't know before the marriage
3: i'm smiling because i've come across all these situations um It's still a matter of trust, and it's true that your trust will be broken, but you need to talk about it, and the two of you need to build bridges and see the way forward. Um, In one of the scenarios I dealt with, I mean, people who are real human beings, the man did not tell his wife that he had a 15-year-old or so, yeah. And the wife just discovered through his bank account that there was money going every month out. So she was very, very angry. And she came to tell me, she she insulted him the whole night. And she said that she sat by his side on the floor by the bed and insulted him, you are an imposter, you are a deceiver, you are this then in the morning they were coming to church it was a Saturday but she also asked him so why did you do this and he said do you remember before we got married I asked you if you have a child he asked the woman if you have a child and the woman said what type of question is that I don't have a child can I have a child said, uh, then she said what about you the way you are asking me, what about you? Do you have a child? And he said, if I told you I had a child, what would happen? He said, I'll never marry you. Because my mother says I shouldn't marry a man with children. Whoa. So based on that, when you told me that your mother said you shouldn't marry a man with children, I also hid it so that I could marry you. Wow. Now, by the grace of God, they were walked through and they forgave each other and... Now, she would even have the girl come to her house and sometimes they would go and give whatever to the girl. And she even told me, when they go to the girl's side and she sees the girl's mother, she would tell her husband, ah, you don't have taste, this is what... So it became even a joke. But I know the truth and this is how they went through what they had. And then the guy had to now make more effort to be... Credible to be trustworthy, like it was just this issue. It's not so. He did his best to win her confidence again, and things became smooth. So it's a blow, but it can be dealt with. But I don't know why he did that, whether he deceives, whether, I mean, I know a case the woman was grown up and retired, real life people, and the man had four children. He has looked after them. And everything. I don't know why. And they were older than her children. So in this case, that the, last, the first case I shared, it was because he felt the girl would not marry her, him if he said. It doesn't justify it, but the unexpected happens. And you need God's wisdom and grace yeah. to continue. That's what I would say.
4: Yes, I think that um, the power of this testimony is to say to you that it's possible to go on even with the discovery. So um, do not bend the marriage. No, but rather like um, um, Auntie Mammy has said, you know, let's work at it. And it's possible to work at it. And to have, you know, um, a happy marriage. I also know people who had similar situations and over the years, the children grew up and um, they become people and they are a blessing to their marriage and blessing to the woman who wasn't their actual mother, you know. So, um, Plistee always says that when you see a child, you don't know who they will grow up to become. So, I think it's also an opportunity for you to show kindness, you know. And the kindness that you show, you'll be surprised that one day, Somebody will have to show kindness to your children who are not their biological children. So it's an interesting way of God positioning us and to see how we would behave and how the future reflects our actions today. So I think that um, it's unfortunate, but then it's not the end of the world. And also, I don't happen. know,
3: Bishop, Archbishop, like if more will appear from the woodwork. I mean, mm. so she has to get a, f- a, a, a bit more information. And I believe that when you pray, God leads you yes. and reveals so much you are not looking for. To you, it's different from snooping. Hey, where will we go? God speaks to you, I tell you. Yeah. Things that you are supposed to know, he will bring to you. Yeah. You know, God just reveals things to you supernaturally. Yeah. Often when you don't even know. So talk to your husband and ask him if there are any more. He should declare it now or else forever hold his peace. Okay, so find out more and be open about it so that you will build a solid foundation.
2: Okay. How do I deal with a husband who does not love me the way I want to be loved, but how he thinks I should be loved?
3: Give him some space because everybody's love language is different I don't know if you've read the book The Five Languages of Love for some people the language of love is gifts, for some people it's affirmation, for some people it's uh, acts of service one lady told me that the only time her husband is happy is when she's home and she's cooking and cleaning that's his love language <laughs> it's like to have her in one place she shouldn't move anywhere that's when he's happy. But if she's going to work, conferences, it's a problem. So his love language, I said this one to his. So something has to give. Eh? But you have to also appreciate what he's giving and then add to what you want. But don't just ignore what he's giving that, I mean, his love language and say that, I understand only mine. Please, am I making sense? Yes. Because somebody's love language may be, acts of service somebody's is affirmation when you say oh thank you so much I'm so glad I married you I I feel that you you make our home so warm you look for the positive things in the person and the person feels so loved some people too is gifts if you haven't given me a gift and you affirm me acts of service, whatever I don't care I don't see it but it's not in itself evil so see the person's love language and then affirm it or acknowledge it and then now ask for your love language. But it will take time because all of us are quite set in our ways. So you may have to start by accepting his love language. But some people, they don't do any of the languages. No affirmation. <laughs> no gifts of, no acts of service, no nothing. That one is not good.
4: I think that the question you've asked is a question every married person has has asked before and actually is still asking. Uh, we have not perfected the art of learning the love language of your partner. And um, I think the attitude is to keep, you know, try and keep doing your best. And when the person reacts, then he's giving you five points from the reaction. You should be able to learn some things for the reaction
3: marriage you know. is hard work I'm yeah. sorry it doesn't just fall from heaven
2: it's hard work okay. good evening please if you had issues with your wife and she pulls a knife on you four times what must you do as a man run
3: <laughs> run Have the matter looked into, sat down, looked into, and let there be um, some explanation and show her you are not going to risk your life unless she shows some change. Usually it's the men who do that to the women. So this is a bit strange. Is it a dream or reality? (laughs)
4: interestingly the only other story like this I've heard is also of another woman and the man when he wakes up the wife will be standing on him with a knife watching him you know so I don't know why <laughs> there is that thing but it's it's quite a dangerous thing and you may have to um, make it known to maybe I don't know whoever your pastor or somebody yeah so that there is evidence
3: because this is uh, a a typical case for domestic violence yeah you know and Dolph. if it's reported to do sue or whatever, she'll be taken in for assault and battery. the fact that you create that fear and apprehension for the person is itself a liability so if the husband was to go by the law, she can easily be detained for a while and it can become a court case you see so I don't know why she solves her problems by knives) <laughs> And also, she may have to see a psychiatrist. It's true. Yes. Sometimes you think it's normal life, but something is going wrong. Maybe you've worried her. Uh, now, L- a- 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 knives are the solution. I- I-
4: I- we must say that we are also answering based on the presumption that you don't draw cutlasses or you don't yeah. move guns. Or oh, that it's not that you hit her <laughs> so and then she pulled a are- knife in self-defense.
3: <laughs> All the the prevailing facts will come in. Yeah. So um, based on what we are hearing.
2: Please, is it true? Please, it is true that Bible says what God has put together, let no man put asunder. My question is that, is every marriage put together by God in an obviously abusive marriage? Is it no wise to leave the marriage instead of staying together and dying at the end?
3: Jesus said, if you are persecuted in one city, run to the other. Okay? So when you are in an abusive marriage, you don't stay there and say, nyaminti, nyaminti, because of God and get killed. You run. But that is separation. And then making efforts at reconciliation if possible. But sometimes I must say, reconciliation is just not possible. I know a Church of Pentecost elder, a woman, who was asked to go back at Redco Flats. It was in the news. And when she went back, the man pushed her from the balcony, and she fell and she died. I know of another story, the cousin of one of our lady pastors. The man said, come, 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 come. On Mother's Day, I don't know if you remember, it was a headline uh, on the Monday of Mother's Day, daily graphic. The man came to her. She, she went back after, let's say, seven years. He begged, oh, the children, the this and killed her while she was asleep. And then killed himself. And the children who were in university came to see him. In that case, I thought, why did she go back? Because he had been so abusive. He had always said, I'll kill you. So I'm not saying that every marriage, you should stay in it. Some of the circumstances, you have to run away. But Paul said, if possible, be reconciled. That is if possible. Okay? So that's what...
2: Aunt Mami, please help me. We've been in a relationship for three years, and then we broke up. I fell out of love because I was really hurt. But now we are back and preparing to get married. But I can't seem to fall in love with him. I'm trying my very best. I'm very disturbed because I feel that it's not fair on him. I've made him aware of my current situation. Please, what should I do?
3: work on your heart, there may be some bitterness somewhere, some unforgiveness somewhere, As for grace God always gives us grace when we ask him for it ask for grace to forgive grace to let go, and then also I don't believe in oh forget it, just let go I believe that people should talk through some of these things so whatever he did, that broke your heart, talk about it, because confess your faults one to another and pray for one another that you may be healed. In talking to one another and confessing one another's faults, healing comes. But that's what people jump and go to the next step and nothing happens. And as for the emotions, they will follow if you will encourage. The emotions are like uh, something put in a soil. Put manure, a bit of fertilizer and try and then the emotions will follow. And ask God for healing in places that no surgeon's knife can touch. The finger of God can touch and bring absolute healing in Jesus. But you need to be healed, okay?
4: And maybe if you do all this and the love still is not coming, then you, you should not go ahead. <laughs> you, you see, we've seen... Especially the... for a woman. Yes.
3: If a woman doesn't love you, yes.
4: Yes. it's not a good sign. We, we've seen it so many times. I've come to the conclusion after so many years that I will tell you that don't marry rather than cajole you to Yeah, um, because you may continue. find somebody you can love. Yeah. And, and even in the book, when you read the model marriage the foundation of a marriage is love. And if that is the one thing that you don't seem to have um, then Already be, before yes. the challenges come Yes. because the challenges usually would have come to dumping the love. But now there's even none for the troubles to come and squash. So uh, you stand no chance. So if you, if you don't find the love, then the right advice to you, and since we also can't see your face, we are telling you directly that, then don't marry the person. Yes. You can't marry out of mobrohu. I mean, sorry, I am feeling yes, sympathy. You, you need to marry based on love. That's what the book says.
2: Right? Please, what do you do if your spouse doesn't acknowledge anything you do, including caring for your stepchildren? What what do you also do if your spouse keeps making decisions before telling you, especially when it has to do with the stepchildren? You talk about it, it never changes. Lastly, what do you do if you found that your spouse is building in his parents' house and he has not told you about it?
3: Anyway, the issue with stepchildren, I believe, is in the book written by our father, the bishop, Model Marriage. And that chapter was actually written by me because I grew up, by the grace of God, in a healthy step home. So I would say the things that you have listed are not unusual in marriage. And what leads people out of marriage is they look at a problem and they think it's peculiar to only them. So they leave. Your husband takes decisions without telling you. Ask any wife here whether they have not experienced that before. And they will tell you that decisions are taken and they don't know. Sometimes you are sitting in church when you hear that this is what is going to happen. For me, it shows you that we are all human. And it shows you that we all have a left leg like my husband sings. So, some of the things should make you gracious. Also, he does not acknowledge what you do for the stepchildren. The Bible says about the virtuous woman, let her works praise her. So, if he doesn't praise you, your works, Jehovah will acknowledge you. Jehovah will find a way of blessing you. The works of your hands will shout and scream and praise you. The Bible says, God is not unrighteous to forget your work, and your labor of love. Beloved, God will so bless your children, and I'm talking by experience. He will so bless your children. He will do things you have not asked him for. (laughs) Because my father lost his wife and married my mother. And it wasn't easy, because there was an 18-year gap. My mother was 22, and the man was 40. And the man had eight stepchildren. And my mother took him and had five of her own. Which prophet? Kaka go always ask her that when you came, the man had eight, you should have had two. But you came and you added five. And she would say, hey, and <laughs> would you have been born? But in the midst of it, I didn't know as a child that there was even any difference. But in the midst of it, she had a lot of challenges. But my mother is the one who would tell you that it's Jehovah who blesses. That her five children, she never prayed, make them special. Make them this. No. But she meets people who say, how can you give birth to three lawyers and two architects? How, out of your five children, how can you give birth to four pastors? But the four pastors, they were deers in the forest. It's the grace of God that has today made them sheep. And I believe that God looked at how she handled somebody else's. And today, I call my mother and I say, the Proverbs 31 has happened to you. And she says, what are you saying? I said, your children, whether biological or not, my father went 10 years ago, but they all rise up and they call you blessed. You are their mother, even if the common person is not around. Only Jehovah could have done this because you opened your heart and you cared for somebody. So this is a test, sister. God give you grace. Just be spiritual and do your part. And the things that you haven't even asked him for, God will surprise you pleasantly. What you are talking about in the church to their stepchildren. <laughs> in the church to do people don't acknowledge. In the church people misbehave. But God says to me, Proverbs chapter 4 verse 23, guard your heart with all diligence for out of it are the issues of life. And when I, I am able to come into that mode of God's word, I tell you Things happen. Things I've not asked him for. He does. And I believe you do the same for you. Don't look for acknowledgement from your husband. Look to him from whom promotion comes. For promotion does not come from the east nor the west. Promotion comes from God who is above. Be comforted and God give you strength. In Jesus' name. Amen.
2: Thank you, Lady Reverend. How do you manage to spend time with your spouse? When the church makes so much demand on your time, prayer meetings every dawn, every evening, and both you and your spouse wake.
3: Your concerns are real. Unless you schedule time off, it will never happen. We have prayer meeting when it was slow service every morning. Sometimes I do get upset with the church for putting prayer meetings on every public holiday so that people don't get to be at home at all. I have a problem with that. But who am I? Da, 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 da. <laughs> so sometimes I say it when I can say, I say yeah. every public holiday but I'll tell you that one of the keys is do things together. When we started the ministry, I always did visitation with my husband. We always did follow-up together. We always went for prayer meeting together. So it's not like I'm sitting home and then when the children came, we would dress the children and take them. All of us, our children have grown up in the church. They stay in the church. They bath in the church. Even my office, my brother, I asked him, I said, come and donate a seed to me. He said, what seed? I said, come and build a shower. And I brought a little overnight case for my little daughter. And I bought a little uh, 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 collapsible desk for her. So when she comes from school, she's in the corner of my office. And if I have to do any counseling, whatever, then I move her to the next office. So she will bath everything. That shower, I've never bathed there before. It was my daughter, bad thing. I bring towel, I bring this. So the ministry you are enjoying, something has been paid. Some abnormal life has been made some way. And the sacrifices are real. But I agree with you that God wants balance. Proverbs 11, one, You see, but add yourself to the things so that you are not like Michal, who when David went to bring the ark and everybody else was dancing to bring the ark, she was standing outside and criticizing. When you join, you yourself will not be critical because you say, hey, Ijumai Oh, so that's how it is and all that. And then also, your husband should schedule time with you, to spend time with you. I spend time with my husband. Sometimes we watch episodes of things. We are watching a, a South American movie. From lockdown, March uh, through, we watch a little, a little, a little, because we are not really uh, TV people, but we watch a little, a little, a little. Yesterday he told me that, do you know that that movie was... Uh, uh, episode 95. I said, it's not possible. He said, yes, it's 95. I'm like, wow. But we didn't sit like long hours. But when he comes from work, he, my husband baths in two minutes. But he baths well anyway. And then <laughs> I bring whatever, orange juice, whatever we are eating. And I learn to put the things that are important to me aside. Because I say, this is also important. Then I come and sit by him. And then we watch whatever we are watching. Sometimes I'm talking. So the man, did he, shh, if you do that, we can't hear. I said, ah, this one, I, ah, ah, I've watched it all. He will go here and, then, mommy, please, I don't like that. I said, ah, me, I like that. Me, I like to know what they will do. <laughs> Even last night, yesterday evening, he went here, went to have a meeting, but he came home. And so we spent the time together. If it's one hour, it's two hours, it's still quality time and it's still precious. And he came to tell me in the night that he has received a revelation. Because when we're watching, the South American, so the subtitles are in English. And I said, hey, as we are watching this, my Spanish has been revived. by you, you do understand it, but you are not conscious that it's in Spanish because the subtitles are in English. As soon as we finished, I was going, taking the things to the kitchen. He came saying, said, I've got a revelation. When I preach in English and subtitles are in the people's language, they will hear. So the word of God will go forth. So the movie crowd has brought a revelation. You know, so join yourself. Add yourself. I don't say, too. I've got things to do. Something has to give. Something has to give. And then communicate. Phone him. Not to be a CIA agent, but just to say, how is it? So where are you? Oh, okay. I was just checking on you. So what did you eat? Hey, you and this your roasted plantain every day. So, do you think you would like sandwiches? There are various. There will not be a perfect way, but there are other ways. Okay, so try. You can still achieve some time together. All right, and then talk to your husband if he is going overboard. And sometimes people give excuses that are not excuses. And people say, "Oh, Bishop Dag is our father," but they don't do what Bishop Dag does. Bishop Dag takes his family on holiday. Bishop, Dag, somebody goes to Takradi for days just to be happy. Bishop, Dag gives break and leave to full-timers, okay? And we are allowed to travel within a certain time if we want. But within that, we can be called at any time by church members. I'm leaving my wife. I'm standing by the roadside. We are like doctors, emergency. But it doesn't mean that you shouldn't schedule times off. Schedule it and it will happen. Amen. And don't fight the church. Yes. You can fight not having time, but don't fight the church. And also join. When you join, even when you are going to preach, you appreciate your husband more. Because me, when I'm going to preach, I always ask myself, why did I say yes to them that I will come? Even this morning I said, what type of pressure grab is this? Why did I agree to come? But it's because God is the one who called, and we have to answer. So I ask for more grace for you. Listen to tapes, listen to messages, and also, um, how do I say it? Be occupied with good things when your husband is not there so that you are not always just sitting, waiting for him, okay? The bird of idleness, I've preached about so many things. Go on podcast, listen to it, and talk to your husband with understanding. And if he's not understanding, come and see me, I will talk to him. Amen
2: Good evening I've been married for 15 years I actually got married at a very early age 23 I'm currently going through the most challenging moments in marriage We have contemplated divorce once and I'm currently preparing for anything It's like a dream because we are both Christians Things are just not working out A friend just shared your live link with me and have really been blessed. I really don't have a question, but I need prayer support because I get suicidal sometimes. I know it's wrong. I have two kids, and they're the reason that keeps me moving now.
4: Well, I, I, I believe that God has led, led you to this link to be a part of this conference. And um, we sit here, and um, Auntie Mami, who is giving the rich experiences of her life. It's a real human being person. And um, I would dare to say that if you try to look for her, I'm sure you could find her and maybe have um, a personal talk with her and um, maybe have an opportunity to be counseled, you know, in person. You know, but then um, the things we have said are all, you know, very powerful messages that if you apply them to your life, to your marriage it's very likely that you' are going to win the battle. 15 years is a lot of time and you can the devil can't trick you into just pouring that out um, into the gutter. I believe that prayer can really um, help you and I believe that God um, wants your marriage to stand. that's why you are watching and that's why you are speaking on the program. So may God you know um, help you and may God give you the grace you need and, and may God cause you to, to survive this period, you know. I think there's an interesting scripture in the Bible, not a scripture, but there's a phrase that starts a lot of scriptures that is, and it came to pass, and it came to pass. You know, maybe you're going through something in particular, but one thing you should understand about storms and about issues and about troubles is that they will come to pass. And they will not be there anymore after a while. Just keep holding on. I believe you survive.
3: Amen.
4: I think we'll take last. I want
3: two to questions. say that my heart goes out to you. Don't be suicidal. It's not the end of the world. God is still on his throne. Jesus finds you precious and he shed his blood for you. Your value is not according to how a man treats you, your value is what Christ did, the price he paid. For you, And also, I'm not surprised that the two of you are Christians and you are having challenges. Because marriage was made in heaven, but it was made to be lived on earth by two fallen sinners who need the grace of God. And at some stages in marriage, sometimes, you will feel like throwing in the towel. What am I trying to say? Paul said, don't behave as if something unusual is happening to you. Because the temptations you go through, everybody else also goes through that temptation. But what I would say is, when you can't see God's hand, trust his heart, trust his word. Fly by instructions, not by how you feel and what you see. Walk by faith, not by sight. And find out what is your husband worried about what, 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 what are his complaints and receive grace to even forget about yourself and work towards what matters to him and you need a lot of wisdom to know what to do but don't um, like a lot of arguments a lot of I think you've done enough of that it's time to retreat and pray it's time to find wisdom in God's word because the world also has wisdom, but that's, not, that's the wisdom of the world. And then just flow along and see what God will do. Sometimes you do all you can. I've seen that before. The person says he's going. But at least you can tell yourself, I did all that God asked me to do. So do that and then see God change you. I've also talked about the podcast. I've talked about, I've preached about when you go through the wilderness daughter when you are alone daughter when it's hard what do you do when it's hard don't lose hope uh, 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 the key of acceptance and uh, your love life i've survived in your wilderness i've preached so many things and it's out there for you because i may not see you one-on-one but with the preaching You can turn it off when you are going out, come back, turn it Whereas you cannot control me like that in ordinary life. But in the preaching, you are in control. So listen to the podcast. You can also go to um, YouTube. You'll see some of the messages there. Just soak it in. The word of God. The Bible says in Psalm 107 verse 20. He sent forth his word to heal us and to deliver us from all our destruction. May you be delivered from the destruction of suicide. May you not think it's the end of the world. When God is with you, it's not the end of the world. You will win. Do not be overcome with evil, but overcome evil with good. God give you grace, and I know that you will send me a testimony of God's faithfulness. Receive it in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: Wow. I think we'll take the last two questions, and then we'll be drawing the curtains down
2: um, what do you think God's mind is about staying single getting IVF done and looking after your child single handed what do I think God thinks about it mm-hmm. what do you think God's mind is about staying single getting IVF done having your children I mean it's like no, no mind.: I think in the just picture.
3: just you know the Bible says in uh, Proverbs 3 that, yeah, in all your ways, acknowledge Him and He will direct your paths. So I'll send you back to God, seek Him, seek His face and ask him what His plan for your life is. And if he says, "Go ahead, be blessed and go ahead. Amen.
4: Amen. Okay. I think God's mind also about. The IVF um, option of having a child—I know it solves problems for some people—but if you say, "What's God's mind?" Then it's in Genesis where He said He <laughs> wanted children, so He brought Adam and Eve together and created children. So, if you haven't tried that option, but maybe you just want to live according to your own like you desires, problem. which actually is rebellion against God's. Um, way God's creation and you want to go your own way you know so this is your prescription you know Jesus when he went to get some in that prayer he started by saying that um, he he said father I know you can do all things you see and if it be possible let this cup pass nevertheless not my prescription for life but then your prescription should happen so I think God's way is um a marriage and then a the child and so on if if it's not happening unless he's not saying
3: know. IVF is not of god yes but he's saying that you are choosing that route not because you have a challenge but because you want to say a man is unnecessary exactly. you know but he's saying that don't choose that for yourself because you have decided that you don't want a man in your life let it be because that's the way that God has prescribed for you. You see, I know that it will be a temptation to just be single, have a child, and be happy. But everything looks um, cut and dried. Like when Abraham was given Hagar, it looked like, oh, it's a simple solution. Sarah said, then I'll take the baby, look after the baby. But all their projections didn't work. And today, Israel and Palestine are still at war because of that one decision. So let's be careful but of course I know they are single parents I've thought about what you are saying before and I know that people lose their spouses so you tell me about their single parents can they adopt uh, what about if you lose your spouse you're a single parent all that. but where you are forced, the singlehood unto yourself and you still want to have the blessing of couple whatever I think that Paul said it's not everything I know so I would say it's not everything I know but I think what Archbishop has said is food for thought. And may the Lord lead you.
2: Amen. I think the last one, just so many of them just trying to choose. So. Okay, so um, this one is from Zambia. It says that my question is this, that I've been married for almost nine years. I've been taking care of the family sons and it doesn't bother me because I knew he wasn't doing anything when I decided to marry him. Now, he got a job almost three years now, but he doesn't even care to contribute to anything unless I ask him. And even when I ask him, it gets to, it gets, even when I ask him, it becomes a fight even to pay his own children's school fees. So I've decided not to ask him anything anymore. I think he's just gotten used to me looking after him. But, mom, when is this going to stop? I thought you said you don't bother <laughs> anymore. <laughs> when is this going to stop? Because he doesn't want any advice, even from anybody. When we even go for couples meeting in the church, and I contribute, when he comes home, he stands on my neck. So it's so difficult for me I'm to sure. even report him. Yeah. Who
3: does your husband listen to? Maybe he listens to his father. Maybe he listens to his uncle. Maybe he listens to his mother. Who is it that when the person speaks to him, he will listen? You may advise yourself as to that. But I don't think that you should just say, he shouldn't bring anything and it's fine by you. I think that you should sign up at the school, that the school fees is responsible. And all school fee's letters and bills should be sent to him. And all questions about school fees should be directed to him so that you can also play your part. Find wise ways of going about it. God will give you wisdom. Amen.
1: Wow. Auntie Mami, it's so refreshing. Listening to you over and over and over and over again. I wish we could go on and on and on and on. But at a point we have to bring the meeting to a close thank you very much mommy for accepting first and foremost to come and for the rich counsel that we have received you will agree with me that we've been blessed tonight amen the theme was the key of acceptance but she's touched on various areas temperaments kindness in marriage bedroom experiences and all and you'll agree with me that she's been such a great blessing to us. I think we need to give her a round of applause to appreciate her. Thank you very much, Archbishop, for coming. Your contribution, very insightful. The wisdom, epic. Thank you so very much. Hallelujah. And so this is how we draw the curtain. I believe you've been blessed. This. I think the fifth edition and uh, next year during the valentine by the, god, by the grace of god our mommy will be back here we would have taken the program to the next level hallelujah consider the program is growing from strength to strength from grace to grace and one day who knows we'll be having it outside somewhere after covid hallelujah so I would ask mommy to pray for marriages for relationships you know and for homes that are going through trying and difficult times we are going to ask her I think she's empowered and she's rich in the grace of God to release some blessings over our lives so I want you to close your eyes wherever you are and I want you to receive every word that she says every prayer that she prays over your life because i believe that this prayer is going to transform your marriages this prayer is going to transform your hopes. this prayer is going to change situations in your life and i know that after this program the enemy who had been sowed into your life as a thorn is going to dislodge out of your relationship Amen and out of your marriage amen right. mommy please can you just pray shall we be on our feet wherever you are watching from home i just want you to be on your feet mommy is going to pray with us amen
3: shall we pray father thank you It's not by might it's yes. not by power yes. but it's by your spirit
4: thank you jesus
3: lord as a human being there's very little that i can do yes, but you are the one who carries all our Jesus. burdens. Your exactly. word says, Come unto me, oh, yes. all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest.
4: Amen.
3: Therefore, in accordance with your word, I lift everyone under the sound of my voice oh, to Jesus. you. Yes. I lift them up, their marriages, their relationships, their yes. lives, their brokenness, their yes. struggles, yes. the good, the bad, the ugly. I bring it before your throne of grace. You said we should come there to find mercy and grace to help in time of need. For many, this is the time of need. Jehovah, show yourself strong on their behalf. Fight their battles in the realm of the spirit. Grant them divine wisdom for a city was delivered by the wisdom of a poor man. Let the wisdom that comes from above be their portion. Let the legions of heaven fight for them. Above all all in their problem. Mm. Use that to draw them to yourself. Yes, Let their attention be on you. Thank Let you. their fulfillment be in you. Yes, Let their strength be in oh, you. Yes, Let their self-esteem yes. be in yes, you. Lord. Let their value be value in be you. Yes, Let their ability to overcome be in you. And Father, cause them to triumph on yes, every Lord. side.
4: Triumph.
3: Lord, the real reason for everything you allow in yes. our lives is so that you will draw us to yourself. Mm. I pray that everyone listening and seeing will be drawn to you, Jehovah. I pray for new priorities. That our spouses will not be our priorities. But you, God, shall be our priority. That we will find all things in you. That, Lord, when we have sufficiency in all things, we may be able to be a blessing to others. I speak to broken marriages. I speak to ruined marriages. I speak to marriages where Satan has taken over. And I say, lose your hold. By the power of God. Marriage is is God's idea. Every weapon fashioned against it, it It shall not prosper. But God will raise a standard against you. In the name of Jesus. Father, let people know you. Yes. draw them to you yes. let them be born again yes. even if you will use a difficult yes, marriage Jesus. to turn their hearts yes, to you yes, that is the greatest thing yes. for them to have a relationship with you Jesus you. let them learn to win their battles yes. on their knees yes. do for them things they cannot do in for the themselves above all let every idol in their lives in be the name broken of Jesus. and let Jesus be enthroned yes, in their lives Lord. I'm speaking to you who don't know the Lord. Mm. I'm speaking to you who are not born again. I'm speaking to you who are born again and yet you don't know God personally. Mm. I'm speaking to you who are tired and weary. I I, I just want to invite you to give your life Mm. to Jesus. To rededicate your life. To be born again. To repeat this prayer after me. To begin a new relationship with the Lord. You may say you are a Christian. But the word of God, you don't walk in it. May light come into your life. May the the grace for forgiveness. Grace for not becoming bitter. May that be your portion. In Jesus name. Amen.
1: Amen.
3: And on that note, please say this prayer after me if you are not sure where you will go when you die if your marriage and your life your relationship your decisions is not even based on the word of God you know how far you are from God this evening God is using this medium to reach out to you yes would you just lift your hands and place it on your heart yes. and say this prayer after me, Lord Jesus, Lord,
1: Lord Jesus tonight,
3: tonight, tonight, I come to you, I come to you, just as I am just as I am. I recognize, I recognize that I'm a sinner. That I'm a sinner. Jesus, Jesus wash, me wash me with your blood. With
1: your blood. Jesus, Jesus
3: come, into my heart come
1: into my heart and
3: make me a new person. And make me a new person. Thank you.
1: Thank you for
3: coming to die
4: coming to, to die,
3: die on, the cross, on the, cross the cross to save me, to save me and, thank you and thank you that I receive eternal life that I receive life through this prayer, through this prayer. prayer. Thank, you for grace thank you for grace to be a child of God and to live the Christian,
1: Christian
3: life in Jesus name, Jesus amen. Jesus name. Amen.
1: amen amen God bless you wow so until we come your way again next year Stay favored, stay put Stay blessed Bye-bye
0: It was great having you today To find out more about the resources Available by Adelaide Heward Mills Please visit the Vision Bookshop At the Kodesh North Kaneshi Or meet her on Facebook At Reverend Mrs. Adelaide Heward Mills For prayer and counseling, please call 0243-187-900. You can also drop us an email at honeyonmylips at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Until next time, God richly bless you.